Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Zoom. This is you guys on deck. I am Eagle Falcon. Alright, so so you know, we're trying something a little different. This Eagle Eyes on Tech. You might have already noticed it on the main podcast, but we were actually, probably for the first time ever, running some post processing. Our live processing is so good that unlike other podcasts, we haven't needed to do any post processing, but we're trying something a little different to actually go ahead and remove a large chunk of the silences that I've put in. I've put in a lot of silences throughout the years, mostly because they, well, first off, A, I need to actually gather my thoughts, but then also the silences also grab attention. So we're gonna see how that goes actually having a lot of the silences removed. Now, with that said, let us move on to the stories we couldn't get to within the, I think it ended up being an hour and a half after processing was done. Granted, we were already short to begin with, but man, just man. Anyway, hackers have claimed the theft of police info in China in their, I'm sorry, hackers claim theft of police info in China's largest data leak ever. Unfortunately, the hackers are currently unknown, which doesn't really help any of this, but these apparently anonymous hackers have stolen billions of Chinese residents' info after a breach on Shanghai police database. The, The stolen data is roughly 23 terabytes of stolen data, including names, addresses, birthplace, national IDs, phone numbers, and criminal case information, according to an anonymous post on an online cybercrime forum last week. The unidentified hacker was asking for 10 bitcoins, which sounds hilariously small until you realize that's roughly $200,000. Yes, it's still worth that much. It's kind of crazy how much 10 bitcoins is worth still after the crash. If this was a few months ago, it'd be about 400,000 or 500,000. Like that's nuts. Now, the alleged leak has, of course, sent shockwaves throughout the entire Chinese security community, mostly because, you know, it's 23 terabytes of stolen data just gone. And that's kind of a concern. Currently, China is looking into who are they, what happened, how did this happen, etc., etc. Now, it is unfortunate for all the civilians affected by this. It is. Like, I have no love of the Chinese government, like, at all. Especially with a lot of the way they operate. But the civilians are innocent in all this. And having their data just out there in the ether is not good. I would have much preferred this hacker actually go ahead after the police information. Some of the information on how they actually operate. Not just the civilian information though it could be that they still got it who knows we are just gonna have to wait and see speaking of wait and see tsmc this actually isn't good news for most of us to be perfectly honest tsmc's major three customers have adjusted their orders in unison this would be apple intel i'm sorry not apple i'm sorry not intel apple nvidia and AMD are all adjusting 
their orders and they are adjusting them in the way you would not expect they are scaling back their operations apple is expecting a new iphone target to ship by 10 percent less than original estimates amd also wants to oh no that number is for nvidia it is also reported that due to the freezing pc mark conditions major consumer amd has also cut five and six nanometer processes this process order is about 20,000. Some of the details that really don't matter, unfortunately. This is gonna be a problem. This doesn't spell out a lot of good information. The fact that these major players are going ahead and trying to produce less does show that either A, they either ordered way too much, or B, this whole concern of recession is getting stronger. Oddly enough, though, as I'm recording this, there's currently talks about, oh, no, there's going to be no recession. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, you tell that to everyone. The price of everything is going way up, but no one wants to buy anything now because the price of everything is going way up. I don't know what causes a recession more than that, even though the textbook de definition is totally different. And I am not a economist. In the end, though, we'll just have to wait and see how this all goes out anyway that's enough depressing numer or <laughs> numer that's enough depressing news for one day how about let's talk about the rtx 4090 and it's the, and it's rumored 2520 what do we want to say 2520 megahertz boost clock the 4090 now is being i mean the speculations are going wild on this thing this card is now rumored to have a tdp of 450 watts which is down from the last time I heard. People are still talking about the mythical 600 watt GPU, but you know, 450 watts, that seems more believable considering the fact the last, uh, the 30 series was still like 300. Just to go 600, just to double seemed absurd. But 450 watts is, don't get me wrong though, 450 watts is still a lot. The rumored specs, put the RTX 4090 at 16,384 CUDA cores. That is insane. It's insane. 24 gigabytes of GDDR6X RAM, bandwidth of 1,008 gigabytes per second. That is a terabyte per second, just shy of it actually. This thing is gonna be a monster. But now here's the kicker. It's based on the AD-102. That means there's still an AD-100 that's even bigger. It's crazy. The RTX 40A is rumored to be a 420 watt part. The 4070 rumored to be a 300 watt part. That 4070, I think is gonna be the part. I do think it's gonna be. I think only the enthusiasts are gonna be 4080s, 4090s. That 4070, is right in line with what we're used to now in super high-end systems and that's considered like the highest end we'd ever be willing to touch that seems the most plausible asus is still making phones i know i'm surprised too the asus zen phone 9 the specifications design all leaked by accident whoops what we're expecting to see on this thing now is i'll be equipped with a snapdragon 8 plus gen 1 chipset which i'm not gonna lie i don't remember what that means off the top of my head because the snapdragon line is super hard to follow 
It has twin. Uh, it has twin massive rear facing cameras, which is going to have a 50 megapixel Sony sensor, a apparent six axis gimbal OIS. So an upgrade OIS and a feature that we thought was extinct on phones before over a millennia, a headphone jack and it is water resistant as well. What I'm not seeing though is how big is the screen? Oh, never mind. 5.9 inch Samsung AMOLED, 120, 120 hertz refresh rate, IP68 rated water resistance, and AMOLED display. Do, 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 um, dual stereo speakers. I mean, solid phone out of Asus. Considering, in fact, we thought Asus uh, only made the ROG phone, which I just remembered existed. Is Asus going to be like the company to go ahead and get phones from now? Now, unfortunately, I don't think the leak actually showed its price. No, it did not. But like if this phone, and we have to see how good the camera is, of course. But if this phone was, say, a, um, is this a $500 phone? Like this would be amazing. I imagine it's going to be closer to six or seven or eight, maybe nine. I hope not nine. I think that'd be a deal breaker. But if this is like a, you know, fairly expensive mid-range phone, mid-priced phone, like these are like near flagship specs, not quite there, but pretty close. And if this phone was, you know, pretty on the cheap, win, win, win. I just found the battery, 4,300 milliamp battery. So all very, very interesting news. Intel has just put out its NUC X15 laptop details. These laptops normally you never see on the shelves, but they go out to manufacturers so that these manufacturers get an idea for what Intel has in mind for kind of their own ecosystem. And these new laptop kits are basically both shipping with Core i7-12700H processors, but they are shipping with the Intel Arc A550M and A730M. All right, here's what I got to say. Linus Tech Tips got their hands on an Intel Arc GPU pretty early, but they found that the performance in these suckers suffered greatly from drivers. Like this brand new spanking technology is just, it is a step backwards from a laptop with the same model running an AMD or an NVIDIA GPU. There's no other way to say it. Now, at this time, it looks like driver instability. So these GPUs with driver updates, with better drivers and everything might have a future. I'm hoping so, because I really would like to see a third party get into the GPU space and actually do it well. But right now, Intel is not it. That being said though, I mean, if you also remember, um, AMD and their Ryzen processors when it first launched were uh, also pretty bad. We just stayed hopeful because, you know, it wasn't a dumpster fire. I would say the Intel GPUs right now are performing worse than first gen Ryzen. But again, there is hope that it isn't ruined. By the by, great news, Intel for, the, for Raptor Lake has added official DDR5 and DDR4 support. So now it is official. There's no more speculation. I don't need to, need to 
shuffle through all 10,000 of these rumors on my feed. Raptor Lake will support both DDR5 and DDR4. It is over. It is done. I don't have to look at another report of this ever again until the next lake. We have the world's first Wi-Fi router. I'm sorry, Wi-Fi router. Wi-Fi 7 router. The Chinese manufacturer H3C has launched the world's first Wi-Fi 7 router. It is known as the Magic BE18000. Why is this thing so interesting? Besides the fact it runs on Wi-Fi 7? Uh, Wi-Fi 7 is not a thing yet. So what's the point? What, you're going to go ahead and buy a router for a spec that may change that hasn't been certified yet? This is, this is one of the main reasons why I hate the race to first. Because the race to first for anything in the tech world means that, ah, excellent. Don't buy that. That thing is going to suck. This is so much worse. Not only are you the first to, to a new technology, but the technology hasn't even been finalized yet. Oh boy, what are we going to get? Oh boy, a defective router. Fan-freaking-tastic. I have no faith in this router. None whatsoever. AMD is going to be launching more Ryzen 5000 3D chips. That's going to have 3D vCache. This should surprise literally no one. We've kind of heard rumors and uh, one AMD exec kind of spilled the beans that, you know, while Ryzen 7000 is on the horizon using a brand new socket and whatnot, they might still go ahead and make new ones using this new tech for the older socket. I'm not surprised. And honestly, unless you want to go ahead and be the early adopter, sticking with Ryzen 5000 is not the worst idea in the world. I mean, right now in AMD, you have a weird crossroads. Ryzen 5000 and the old AM4 socket, it's being phased out. But AMD is still throwing you a bone here and there with these new X3D chips. I mean, that can be a benefit. Don't misunderstand. At the same time, the new socket is coming. AMD Ryzen 7000 is coming. We know it's coming. The AM4 platform is going to be a dead end. There's no ifs, ands, or, or buts about it. But at least AMD is saying that, hey, if you go ahead and still get the current socket, that you go ahead and grab the one we're currently selling that's being phased out, you aren't going to be completely left in the dark. And that's, that is helpful. Considering the fact that every other year with Intel, your platform's dead, move on, next. At least with AMD, we got what? Four years, five years, six years? We got a lot of years out of that AM4 socket and that platform. We'll just have to wait and see. All right, let's shift back over to the smartphone market. Xiaomi has a new Mi 12S. It is being called an ultra flagship smartphone. And it is a smartphone with a massive, massive single camera lens on the back. All right, can I just say it? Can we not make ultra flagship a thing? It's an ultra flagship phone. F off. Just f off. We don't need a category called ultra flagships. We already have a term. It's called a flagship. 
Well, actually, no. We already have a term. It's called a Halo product. In the GPU space, usually the the 80 tier is the flagship. And then, well, before it was the Titan, now it's the 90 tier is a Halo product. What they can really, really, really do. Ultra flagship. Give me a break. You want to talk about how to freaking water down the term flagship smartphone there it is right there but anyway this new xiaomi 12s ultra has a 6.73 inch oled display the snapdragon 8 plus 1 which is apparently top of the line which means that asus phone earlier actually has a top of the line soc good to know a camera lens shaped bulge on the back that takes up a third of the phone's rear side I mean that is one way to phrase it but inside that giant lens we have a 48 megapixel ultra wide a 48 megapixel telephoto and a 5x optical zoom and a 120x digital zoom that you'll never ever use ever because they're awful and a 50 megapixel main shooter so within the ring of what looks like one giant camera lens are more standard oh, excuse me more standard camera lenses that you'd see on a smartphone. Now, the other thing is that it, that that main shooter, that 50 megapixel main camera uses a one inch sensor. This is a buzzword we're starting to hear more and more in the smartphone world. The one inch sensor, the one inch sensor. Ooh, that's how you know it's a good phone. It's a one inch sensor. MKBHD actually did a breakdown of this that most of these places that are using supposed one inch sensors are not true one inch sensors. We'll just have to wait and see how this turns out. I mean, it's Xiaomi for starters, so I doubt we're even gonna see it here in the States. So already just from that, my, uh, my interest in this has vanished very, very quickly. Japan has amended a cyberbullying law, which will make online insults punishable by one year in prison. What? Now, um, I am not a cyberbully by any stretch of the imagination. I make sarcastic comments online. Maybe my joking goes a little too far and hurts someone's feelings, but I'm not a cyberbully. I, I don't actively go, go out on the internet to cause malice. But I gotta ask, isn't this a little extreme? One year in prison for an insult. Maybe it's just because... I go ahead and value the American constitutional right of freedom of speech. But this seems really, really draconian. Like, it's just kind of crazy. Just how seemingly out of, whoa, this comes off as. Well, all right then. This is apparently all because of one actor's suicide going by the name of Hana Kimura who ended her own life because of online harassment. Look, I get that, but yikes. Big, big, big yikes. Um, how do I segue from that? Let's shift gears, solar panels. Uh, spent solar panels do have a lifespan, by the way. Before everyone assumes that co the whole planet and solar panels is the answer to everything, uh, it's not. They do have a finite life. However, new recycling measures are being are being discovered to recycle a lot of the material in these dead solar panels to make new ones and that's good news 
Because the thing is, is that what's the point of a green solution if now you just have piles upon piles upon piles upon piles of dead solar cells? That's not renewable. You've now just made the now consumable resource for your so-called renewable energy, whatever it takes to make the solar panels. Yeah, you didn't think about that, did you? That whole, oh man, f- fossil fuel fuels bad because eventually it'll run out. You'll eventually run out of the resource to make the solar panels unless you figure out how to make them, how to stretch their length out incredibly. I also do think that solar panels got a long way to go as far as efficiency as well. Like right now they're getting up there. They're becoming very, very useful. They're becoming very, very good at what they do. But a lot of what they're capturing is just heating up the solar panels, which means that there's a lot of potential being wasted. Now, that does it for these stories I have. Now, for plans that I have and updates. Right now, as I said, we're trying post-processing out. This episode, a lot of the pauses I took have been removed. Right now at the time of recording, we're at 30 minutes. I actually don't have any more stories right now. I can already tell you, though, for next week, uh, some juicy, juicy stuff bubbled up over the weekend. I mean, 4chan's trending in, the, in, the, in Twitter, so, I mean, you, you know it's going to be good. So we're going to go ahead, and uh, this will be our trial run to actually run the post-processing to remove a lot of delays, a lot of pauses, because while that is a... S- while that is a speaking style that works well with some people, I think it's going to help us draw in a wider audience and also discovering the method in, in general and also having it work in the pipeline is all great. Cause here's the thing, right? I work full time. I plug in over 40 hours a week with my job. I then also stream five days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I have a lot of content I need to do for that. A lot of YouTube content I'm trying to make for that as well. The podcast, basically, right now, I spend about five to six hours doing show prep for Eagle Eyes on Tech and about 30 minutes doing show prep for the early bird briefing. I don't want to add another three hours. Actually, probably more. It'd probably be closer to six or seven hours going through and just doing a ton of post-processing on Eagle Eyes on Tech every week, or spending an hour on a four-minute early bird briefing doing editing on that. This new method we're using, it takes five minutes. And during four of those five minutes, it's just filling a bar. So we'll see how well it works. If it works out really well, we might do the same to the early bird briefing, which means changing its format. What I'm thinking I'm going to do, and it's been an idea I've spat around for a while, is covering multiple topics on the early bird briefing, but cover them each just very briefly. Instead of trying to stretch out one topic to fill four minutes, I'm thinking what I do because I have a tendency to just pause and gather thoughts just for dramatic tension, both out of habit and just, you know, gathering thoughts. I'm thinking I'll probably have my static number be like six minutes and then just let it edit down to wherever it needs to be. As much as I've enjoyed trying to have the early bird briefing fall into a specific time, a specific um, chunk, there's no obligation for it. Now, as far as the early bird, as far as Eagle Eyes on Tech goes, I do have an obligation that that must fill a two hour time slot with uh, Helium Radio. 
you know what's weird? I haven't heard from Helium Radio in almost, God, how long? I can't remember the last time I heard from them. I really can't. So I don't even know if they do anything with our podcast on their platform anymore. So maybe we just go ahead, just do our own thing and say, uh, F them. They don't contact us. We don't really see any sort of uptick from them. There's almost no contact with us at all. I mean, there actually isn't any contact with us at all. Nothing. Literally nothing. There's kind of the let that sink in moment in all this. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. I thank you very, very, very much for listening. And I thank you for subscribing to check us out. And I'm just going to say, take care, rest well, and I hope you have a good day. And check out your other stuff, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon for my Twitch streams, anchor.fm slash briefing for our daily podcast, and of course, anchor.fm slash eagleeyesontech for the main podcast if you somehow haven't heard it yet this week. Take care, and I hope you have a good day. <laughs>